let's open them up to the book of Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, and we're going to begin to read in verse 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit, and worketh miracles among you, doth he do it by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, know ye therefore that they which are of faith, they are the children of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. So then they which be of faith are blessed with believing our faithful Abraham. Now we're talking once again on the subject of living and walking in the supernatural. And we're in this area called the word of the kingdom. Now when you're talking about the word of the kingdom, you're talking about God's supernatural plan that God has. It's called the kingdom message or the gospel of the kingdom that Jesus came and he preached when he walked here in his earthly ministry for three and a half years in this earth. The idea about it is that Jesus is coming soon and it prepares us for our assignment that we have as the body of Christ and everything that is out of line, when Jesus comes, it's going to line back up. Now, you and I have a role to play. We have a part to play in that. So the whole idea of teaching these principles of the kingdom is to help us understand that there is a progressive revelation. There's a process by which we advance the kingdom of God. And so we have been teaching a long time on this so that we, I believe this is, I believe this is one of the most vital, important messages of the day that we live in. How many of you believe that Jesus is coming back soon? Now in order sometime to really see in the perspective of God, we have to see the bigger picture and take a snapshot of that big picture so that we can focus in on some of the what we consider smaller things. And uh, I want to just go through these right quick because we talked last week about principles of the kingdom, and I don't want to go back and repeat those, but I do want to go back and show you what's going on because the Bible says that without a progressive revelation, people cast off restraints. And when you cast off restraint, that means there's nothing there to compel you to keep going in the direction that God has for your life. You have to believe that God has not just a plan for your life, but that He has an assignment for your life. And your assignment has to be <clears throat> sought out, and God has to reveal that assignment to you, and it will come through revelation. We fulfill it through faith, but it has to come through revelation. Are you following what I'm saying? So, let me just kind of go through this right quick. We know that Adam was both created and he was made. God went into the dirt of the ground and he formed Adam's body, but he breathed into Adam and made him a living soul. He was 
an exact duplicate of God. And then he placed Adam, and then he uh, made Eve out of a spare rib. Let me see if y'all are awake. He took Eve outside of Adam and made woman, and he placed them in this Garden of Eden. Now remember the Garden of Eden, it represents a place where Adam and Eve had been created and made by God, placed in that garden, and everything that they needed in this earth, in this life, was provided for them in that garden. Now think about that. They were self-sufficient in God. Everything that they needed was provided for them in that garden. But there's a qualifier. As long as they stayed attached to God, then God was supplying everything they needed. Now, when they detached from God, it would be like taking a fish out of water. The fish will die. It'd be like taking a plant out of the soil. The plant will die. You take man away from God, he dies. He's separated from God. And so the, the ultimate deception of mankind is to think that they do not need God. The Bible says that only a fool would believe in his heart that there is no God. Well, we are not foolish people. We know that we have to depend on God in everything. He made them self-sufficient but dependent upon Him to supply everything. That's what Adam and Eve lost. So, what happened was, is that He gave them one prohibition. And that was, they could eat of everything of that garden, partake of everything of that garden, except one tree. And by the time you get to Genesis chapter 3, you find out that here come Satan disguised as a serpent. The Bible says he was more subtle than any of the beasts of the field. And what did he do? He approached Eve, and the Bible says in the New Testament that he deceived Eve. Now, Adam was not deceived. Adam knew better. So, remember this. Satan was not after Eve. Satan was after the head. The Bible teaches us that Adam was the seed. And Adam, because he was the seed, and the Bible says that everything will reproduce after its kind, if he could contaminate the seed, then he could contaminate everything that was born down line from that seed. The Bible teaches us that God went down to the ground and He formed and He made man from the ground. Okay? So now we're seeing that that represents headship. Satan is always against and after the head. Whether it be the head of the family, whether it be the head of the church, a head of a corporation, he knows if he can get to the head, he can cause the rest of the body to separate or to die. Are you with me so far? So, here's Adam and Eve, and they fell from grace in the garden. And because of Adam's headship in the garden, 
then everyone born after Adam fell from grace. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, you don't have to turn there, I'll just give these to you right quick, says that Satan became the god of this world or this world system. Now, Adam lost all the provisions that he had been given by God. I'm telling you that the Garden of Eden was a garden that was the land flowing with milk and honey. Everything that they needed. Now think about that. Everything that they needed was provided for them. So when they were ousted out of the garden, what they were ousted out into looked nothing like the garden. And so now the earth became under a curse. Now what did, what did, what did God say to the serpent? He told in, in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15, he said... In his plan, because now his plan had to be implemented. And we read and, you know, we go back to the Old Testament. We see the line of the patriarchs. We see, you know, after Adam and Eve came descendants of Noah, the flood. And then after that came Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Because we know that when God said the seed of the woman is going to bruise your head. Well, we know that the woman does not produce the seed, the man produces the seed. Can I hear an amen on that? Okay. So, God had to come up with this plan, and He already had the plan, but how many know we had to get into the plan? And so, uh, the Bible says in Isaiah 55, 8 and 11, we've already read those scriptures, but it says that God's Word will not return void, but it will accomplish that which it's sent to do in the earth. So, Jesus, now we get to the New Testament because this seed was being perfected right on down the line and God was just looking simply for somebody that would believe Him. The Bible says that Abraham was justified by faith because he believed God. Well, the time Jesus comes into the earth in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, again, you don't have to turn there, but it talks about the fullness of time. And in the fullness of time that he would come and he would manifest in the earth just like Jesus said that he would. And how did, how, I mean, just like the Bible said that he would. Well, he manifested because the seed was implanted in the womb of Mary, who was a virgin, and by the way, stayed a virgin until Jesus was born. And... When we stop and think about that, this was a supernatural plan of God. And we'll see this a little bit later of what Jesus came to do and what he came to do. Now listen to this. What Jesus came to do is to put the garden back inside of man. Okay? Now go with me, if you will, over to the, over to the New Testament in the book of Luke, chapter 17. Now, follow me here because you're going to learn something this morning. Luke chapter 17. Everything that Adam needed was in the garden. But he was placed out of the garden. So Jesus came and said here in Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Have you got it? Okay. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said... The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, 
Neither shall they say, Lo here, verse 21, or lo there. For behold, the kingdom of God is where? It's within you. So what he is speaking now is prophetically because Jesus spoke by faith because Jesus learned from the Father that you call things that be not as though they were. When we say prophetically, we were talking, we're talking about something that was to come. And what was to come, when Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, He sent the Holy Spirit into the earth. And on the day of Pentecost, those in the upper room became born again, born from the Spirit above and filled with the Holy Ghost. Are you with me? Okay, so uh, <clears throat> the kingdom of God, in essence, on that day, came back inside of man. Now, go back here just a little bit to Luke chapter 12. Follow me. Luke chapter 12 and look at verse 31. Well, let's go back. Let's go to verse 30. It says, For all these things do the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knoweth that you have need of these things, but rather seek ye what? The kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Everything that you need in this life, he said, will be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you what? The kingdom. So everything that the garden had and everything that the garden would provide, Jesus said, if you seek that kingdom that kingdom will become a priority and in that kingdom will provide everything you need. You can actually write whole, W-H-O-L-E, whole kingdom in your Bible. Now, what is that kingdom designed to do? Well, it's designed to produce for mankind just as the garden produced for Adam. Everything that Adam would ever need came out of that garden. It was not, if it was not in the garden, then Adam didn't need it. Come on, somebody. If it was not in the garden, then Adam didn't need it. If it's not in the Bible, you don't need it. Okay. So, now, everything that man will need in both the natural life and the spiritual life is provided for in the kingdom of God. Jesus comes on the scene and he begins now to teach how the kingdom of God works. And he begins to show the disciples that the kingdom of God is about seed and it's about soil. Let's go over in our Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. Now you have to do something with the seed. Just write down Luke 8, 11 because it tells us that the seed is the Word of God. The seed is the Word of God. Now normally, you plant a seed. Okay? Normally, you take a seed and you plant it. Now where do you plant a seed? Okay. Jesus said, the sower soweth the Word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, 
Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now just put something there and go back with me to Matthew chapter 13. And let's read at verse 10. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speaketh thou unto them in parables? And he answered and said unto them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. To the world it is not given. Now, we said a mystery is something beyond human comprehension. Now, let me take it just a little bit further with you. Uh, a mystery is the knowledge that has been given to you that goes beyond the most educated human being in the world. Boy, you missed a great shot to say amen right there. I said it is a knowledge that goes far beyond any knowledge that you could accumulate from natural things. Okay. Now, verse 18 says, Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom, make sure you underline that because that's really what we're talking about, the word of the kingdom. The word of the kingdom and learning how to use the word of the kingdom is living a supernatural life. And understandeth it not. Make sure you underline that phrase. The word of the kingdom and understandeth it not. Then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. Now, unfortunately, this is where most of God's people spend their time, is by the wayside. Because the seed has to be planted in order to grow something. Are you with me? Let me keep moving this thing down. I don't know if you've got awful sense. Praise God. Now, Paul prayed, don't turn there, but I want to read something out of Colossians chapter 1 because you should be increasing in the knowledge of God. You should be growing if you've been saved. You're not supposed to regress. The only way you regress is to quit pursuing the word of the kingdom. That's why this is so vital. Paul said this way, that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom. Can you all just put it up there so they can read it right quick? Colossians 1, 9, 10, 11, 12. It says that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Or we don't get them up there today. Okay, I didn't see it up here. Okay. That you might walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to His glorious power unto all patience and longsuffering and joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. In other words, God has given us an inheritance, but in order to discover that inheritance, we're going to have to get into the Word of God and get into the Word of God to get revelation or these mysteries to see what belongs to us. Okay? So, we're talking about understanding what living in the supernatural is about. It's a supernatural lifestyle that is independent of the world. 
It's independent of the world because in the kingdom of God, everything is provided that we need in this life. Now, follow what I'm saying because this is where understanding comes in. When you don't understand the word, what happens? Satan comes and takes the word that was sown in your heart and you revert back to intellect. Because in the lower kingdom, we talked about the kingdom of Babylon or what we call the kingdom of darkness. It is a society that tries to meet its own need without God. It becomes dependent upon a system. It becomes dependent upon a government. Sure, modern medicine is great technology. How many know they've come up with some great medicines? They can, uh, you know... They can invent some medicines, but how many know those medicines don't come without flaws? They are not perfect because they are not, they are not used in the wisdom of God. Now, doctors are trained. You look at their shingle, it says they're practicing medicine. And that's what they do. When you go to them, they're practicing on you. But how many know when you practice, there is room for error? When you take medicine, because medicine has been out now for so long, uh, now the FDA requires them to put right there on the label all the side effects. So you may be taking the medicine to fix one thing, but it's breaking down some other things. Why? Because it is not the wisdom of God. Now, we're not talking about medicine. I'm just trying to see, uh, show you that... The wisdom of the world is no match for the wisdom of God. The wisdom of God has no side effects. <clears throat> Look at verse 53. Same chapter. Where were we at? Matthew 13, 53. It says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence, and when he was come into his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? So, not only could Jesus do something, not only could he work miracles, not only could he heal the sick and raise the dead, but what Jesus did had no side effects. Jesus was operating in the wisdom of God. Now, what I'm trying to get at is for you to see and notice that the world system is broke. I mean, B-R-O-K-E. Yeah, the economy is not working properly. The banking system is not working properly. The environment system is not working properly. And so man reverts to his own intellect, which is a lower level of knowledge and it's not the level of knowledge or wisdom that God gives. And that's why we're seeing in the day that we live these vast array of problems and situations in a broke system with a mentality of the intellect of man as good as they can be. It's still not good enough to fix these problems. It takes the wisdom of God. We'll find out that God created the earth in wisdom. If he created the earth in wisdom, then it's going to take wisdom to fix these problems. Now, the Bible says that when we enter into the kingdom of God, that we become uh, not only the children of that kingdom, but we become sons 
of God or mature sons of God that are supposed to go into the ruined places, supposed to go into the broken places and take this wisdom and fix them. This is our assignment, people. I'm trying to show you some things that there are things in this system, this world system, that cannot be fixed apart from the wisdom of God. I am convinced that there are marriages that cannot be fixed in the wisdom of men. It's going to take the wisdom of God. And I'm going to show you how to get the wisdom of God. Because in the wisdom of God, then you can get everything you need. There will be no lack. There will be nothing lacking in your life. And so what are we doing? We are called by God to fix things. We are called by God to have a word for everyone that should ask of us. Are y'all are y'all following what I'm saying? And so God, now listen to me. God wants us to pursue first of all our assignment. He wants us to pursue our assignment before we pursue our provision. Now the world is just backwards to that. See, what we have to understand is that when we pursue our assignment God will provide our provision because our, our source is not our job. Our source is not our paycheck. Do you understand that? So we can't say as kingdom people, we're going to uh, you know, take this job because it pays more money or we're going to go to this place because it's a better opportunity. No, we can't say that as children of God. We have to follow what God's assignment is for our life because if we're on assignment from God and we're in the plan of God, then that's where God will lead us to our wealthy place. And you will wind up having more where God has you than what you would ever get thinking that this has more. You wind up making more than your supervisor that is laboring and toiling out there and you get yours from the kingdom of God. He'll sit there and wonder why you're getting a new car every other year and he's still driving the same old thing and he's making more money than you. You're getting yours from the kingdom of God. Come on, are y'all here? There's a difference, see, in the mentality when we enter into the plan of God. He's taking us to that wealthy place. Okay. Now, uh, uh, let me, let's look at this. Because last week we talked about a process. I want to I spend the rest of the time talking about this. In which we receive everything we need. How, how many of you want to know how to receive everything you need from God? Now, I, I talked to you a little bit last week about learning to get up into the place where the mysteries of God are. And we have to learn to pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Because when we pray in the Spirit, the Bible says that He will reveal the mysteries to us as we ask God to interpret those things back to our life. All right, so now let's go over here to Proverbs chapter 2. Let's go over here to, to the Old Testament, back over here, right quickly. Now, the reason the enemy has maintained a grip on God's people is because they have not understood these things that we're teaching. This is why we're spending so much time. This is why this is so vital. Because what you do not understand, the enemy will come and take that word out of your heart. Now think about this. 
What we're saying is that the things have to be caught by revelation. Think about Mary for a moment. Mary the virgin who said, how can this thing be seeing that I do not know a man? Now, now look what she was doing at first. She was, she was reasoning out in her intellect. She was reasoning out in her mind. Virgins do not have children. Now, I know, now listen to me, I know being a Jew, she had to read in Isaiah where it said, and a virgin will conceive and this child will be called Emmanuel, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. I know she had to read that. And when the angel came to her and said, Be not afraid, Mary, you have been highly favored by God, and this thing that you shall conceive, you shall conceive as the Holy Spirit overshadows you, and you shall conceive, and this will be a holy child, and his name will be Jesus. And she caught that. Are you here? She caught it because she said, okay, according to your word. And this is what I'm telling you, folks. It takes the revelation, it takes the wisdom to bypass our own intellect and our reason because now we're back into the toiling. Now we're back into the struggles. And you know, God has not designed this thing to be a struggle for us. God has not designed this thing to put pressure and stress upon our life. Okay? If you're in the garden, and the atmosphere of that garden, then everything you need is coming to you from the kingdom. Now look at this, quickly. For God, look at Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of His mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom... For the righteous. Now, notice what it didn't say. He didn't say, I, don't lay up, I lay up sound wisdom from the righteous. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. So, God has wisdom for the righteous. You be the righteous? Now, remember, when we studied Joseph, what happened? Joseph was down there in Egypt... And there was a famine, there was an economic crisis that came on the land, and all of Egypt's intellect and all of Egypt's high education people could not figure out how to fix the problem. But Joseph was able to tap into the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God showed Joseph how to sustain and fix the problem so that he could bless and save his family. Now that's the difference, see. Tapping in to the wisdom of God. He lays up sound wisdom for the righteous. Now go over here to chapter 3. Verse 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. Say happy. See, this is why some people are happy. And why you look at some people and their face is long as a Missouri mule eating a cactus on a frosty morning. Happy is the people that find it. Because you're sitting there, you're in another world. People are telling you this and telling you that, and you've got a big old smile on your face, and they think you're cuckoo. No, but you, you've tapped into something. You've tapped into the wisdom of God. 
You've tapped into the understanding that let the devil do whatever he can do. He ain't going to, he's not, there's no weapon he's got for him that can prosper against me. Well, he's as happy as that man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For his merchandise, it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. I wrote down the message. It says, she is worth, talking about wisdom, worth far more than money in the bank. Or her friendship better than having a big salary. Oh, we're talking about the wisdom of God now. She is more precious, look at verse 15, than rubies and all the things that thou can desire are not to be compared with her. And what? Length of days is in her right hand. What? Oh, now wisdom is going to define length of days for me. See, wisdom is designed to flow from God into our lives to take us out of the curse of toil and sweat and stress and pressure. How many know you get in a situation, you get in a job, you get into everyday life where you're constantly being bombarded with stress, it's going to take a toll on your life. People are going to look at you and say, how old are you? That's what we found out with Jacob, right? So, the length of days is connected to wisdom. Well, look what it says. In her left hand is what? Riches and honor. In her right hand's length of days. And in her left hand is riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. In all her paths are what? Peace. So wisdom is connected to peace. When you're operating in wisdom, it always takes you down the path that's going to lead you to peace. Can you say amen to that? And it goes on to say, she's a tree of life to them that lay hold on her. Happy is everyone that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. And let me just tell you again, if it took wisdom to found and establish the earth, it's going to take wisdom to fix it. Okay? He established the heavens. Now look at Proverbs chapter 4, verse 5. Get wisdom. Say, get wisdom. Get understanding. Forget it not. Neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. And when you take wisdom, what? Exalt her, and what? She will promote thee, and she shall bring thee to honor when thou dost embrace her, she shall give to thine head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory. She shall deliver to thee. She will get you out of every situation, every problem that you have in your life. Look at Proverbs chapter 6 and look at verse 20. My son, keep my father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother, Bind them continually upon thy heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou wakest, it shall talk with thee. In other words, when you're operating in the wisdom of God, wisdom will talk to you. I said the wisdom of God is designed to talk to you. wonder what it's saying. It's saying what God is saying. And when you obey what God is saying, you can't help but finding peace. You can't help but finding joy. Because that's what the kingdom of God brings. Are you with me this morning? 
Now, let's go back over here to the New Testament right quick. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Luke chapter 11. Man, I'm taking you. I'm taking, we're talking about the word of the kingdom. I'm taking you through some scripture this morning like a Philadelphia lawyer. I'm laying this all out, okay? Because, now, listen to me. This is why we teach in this church. Because teaching brings understanding. And you need understanding because if you don't have understanding, the evil one's going to come and rip you off of the Word, which is the seed of God that will produce in your life. Now look at this. In, in chapter 11, verse 49. If you got it, say amen. Therefore also said, now look at this, therefore also said the wisdom of God. Underline that and put in your Bible, the wisdom of God is equal to the Word of God. The Word of God is the wisdom of God. He said, I will send them prophets and apostles and some of them, and they shall slay and they shall persecute. Because, why? Because the enemy does not want you to get the Word and understand the Word. So he will do whatever he can do to persecute or to stop or to withstay the Word from being sown into your heart and then being expounded so you can understand it. Luke chapter 21. For I, you there? Verse 15. You got it? Hurry. For I will give you a mouth. Yeah. I will give you a mouth. Now what do you do with your mouth? Do you just eat? No. A mouth is something you use to speak through. He said, I will give you mouth and wisdom. What are you going to speak out of your mouth? Where are you going to get the wisdom? Well, it gives sound wisdom to the righteous. Okay? Which, now look at this. Which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay or to resist. Now, what does that mean? Well, the Living Bible says it this way. I'll give you the right words and such logic that none of your opponents will be able to reply. In other words... God will give wisdom to you and I, and when we use that wisdom, our opponents will not have any solution. They will not have any retribute. They will not have anything to say against it. Now, they may say something against it, but what they say against it will not work. Okay. Now, uh, quickly back to Matthew chapter 11. One more characteristic here of wisdom. Matthew chapter 11 Somebody say, praise the Lord. Verse 19. The Son of Man came... Now, this is what they were saying about Jesus. That the Son of Man came eating and drinking. And they say, behold, a man gluttonous. That means somebody that overeats and overindulges and overdrinks, okay? And a wine bibber. A friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified... Of her children. Wisdom is justified of her children. Right there in your Bible, put proof of wisdom is results. The way that you know that you're operating in wisdom is that you will have results. Proof of wisdom always has with it results. So God has wisdom. And wisdom has been laid up for the righteous. Sound wisdom. Say, how do you know that? Because the Bible says that. We just read it in Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 and 7. Are you with me? So, 
Here's the process. Now, let me give you these things quickly as I can here. There's a process by which you receive things in this kingdom. This building, this ground that you're here this morning on came through this process. I could cite some more, but I'll just give you this. First of all, take a notes. You've got to have a word from the kingdom. Because that's the seed. Are you with me? There's a process here. You have to find the word because the word is able to fix any situation. You've got a problem, get the word. Got problem, get word. Okay? So that's number one. When we begin the church, we started out in a warehouse. We started out in a rent building. I would pass by here on my way from living on 18th Street. This old road, it was really bumpy. It was, in fact, part of it was still Caliche. On the way to Mercedes downtown. And I got a word from the Lord. The word was in Joshua 1.3. We just put it up there. You don't have to go to it. The word was everywhere that the sole of your feet shall tread upon. He said, I have given that to you to possess. Now, I have soil in my heart. The word, you have to find the word. Because if you're going to receive anything from God, you're going to have to find a word. Are you here? And you're going to have to sow that word into your heart. The heart is where your spirit man is. You ever notice when somebody gets scared or something scares somebody, they go, (gasps) they don't go, why? Because the spirit, see, is jumping. Are you here? When somebody, you know, they say, I, I got butterflies in my, what? Stump, not butterflies in your head. Why? Because that's where your spirit, my point I'm trying to make to you is your spirit is down here. It's not, your stomach's just not a place to put food in. Okay? It's to plant the Word of God. Now, uh, Mark chapter 4. Let's finish this up. Mark chapter 4. I'm going to give you the steps here. You first of all got to get the Word. Then you got to sow the Word. Now look at verse 26 quickly. Mark chapter 4. He said, Jesus speaking, So the kingdom of God as if a man should cast, what? Seed into the ground. What's the ground? Hmm? Our heart. The ground is our spirit man. So the third thing is once I sow the seed into the soil in my heart, the seed by its design is going to begin to make a demand upon the soil. Because if you put seed in the ground, the ground is going to try to grow what that seed is. Everything reproduces after its own kind. Okay? Now, what happens is this. Now, the soil 
is now finding a way to bring to pass whatever I have sowed into it. Understanding that God is going to lead me, because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He's going to talk to me, because that's what wisdom does. And uh, he, he, here, here's what I got. So your spirit searches the avenues of God's wisdom to find a way to put you into position to cause what you have confessed or what you have meditated on or believed to come to pass through the Word of God. God is working these things out to come to pass because God's Word, once it has been spoken, it cannot return void. Now, there's something here uh, that you need to know. You must take heed to what you're saying now. Because your soil will operate indiscriminately on what you say. Let me give you the scripture for it. Put up Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. You don't have to turn there. You, you can do it quickly. Because the tendency is when things are going bad is to blame the devil. And probably most of the time we need to blame our mouth. Okay? Because Jesus said this. He said, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So it does not matter if it was an accident, intentionally, or on purpose, or not, or in error. Once you say something, the, the, the seed puts a demand upon the soil, and the soil begins to grow what you have spoken. Now, this is good. I could use a lot of examples, but I'm just using this one this morning, and I'll let you go. This church property, this church building, is a product of exactly this process. I had to get a word from God. I had to find out what God was saying. Sow the seed, because understand, understand, every Thing that I need in the kingdom has already been provided and has already been paid for. Everything you need in the kingdom has already been provided for and it's already been paid for. You don't have to be broke one more day in your life. Take that seat. I got a word from God. Deuteronomy chapter uh, 6 and 11. If I got time, we can put it up there. It said, He would give you houses that you didn't build and fill them with good things. Are you here? So I got a word from God. I'm sitting one day up there on that canal bank where that concrete and baby, you can see it when you drive home. Now listen. Sow the seed. Meditate on the Word. Meditate on that seed. The soil begins, number three, to place a demand on the seed. And fourthly, it begins to search, the, the Holy Spirit begins to search the avenues of God to bring to pass what the seed is designed to produce. You got that? All right. So, 
all of a sudden, I get this notion to stop. Been by here many times, but, you know, I stop and I begin to meditate on what God is showing me. I look out over this place because it was in 1983, there was a severe freeze. And this place was a frozen, this nine acres, this ten acre, almost ten acres, was a frozen citrus orchard. And uh, now, look, he gives sound wisdom to the righteous. All of a sudden, I hear a word from God. I want you to buy that property. I said, God. I don't have no money. None. He said, I didn't ask you that. He said, I want you to... Now listen, listen, because the best time to go look for something is when you don't have any money in the bank. And quit letting your environment and environmental conditions dictate to you what you're going to do. This is why it's important you have to have a word from God. And see, now it's the Holy Spirit. See, searching out things. And then he gave me another scripture. You want it? It's in John chapter 15, verse 2. He said, Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. He said, Look up. And I looked up, and all these dead trees, dead, 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 dead. No leaves, nothing. He said, Walk out there by the center be a little further out here than the front of the church. There was one tree, all dead. There was one green leaf on it and one ripe grapefruit. He said, that's going to be the first fruit of many fruits for this property. Now, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this will work for anything. It'll work, it'll work for your house. It'll work for anything you need in the kingdom. I'm just showing you one example, okay. Because, look. The wisdom of God will speak to you. That's number five. Not the wisdom of men. Okay? Number six is that you follow what God's Word says. Here's a principle. The stronghold of faith is hearing God. The stronghold of faith for any believer is hearing God. That's why you've got to learn to hear God. Well, I heard God say, I want you to quit your job. <laughs> I quit my job. <laughs> I had no money. You want me to quit my job? Now, church would, couldn't pay us. Not what we had going. He said, quit your job. So I called. I'm quitting. Quitting? Yeah, I'm quitting. What are you going to do? Uh, I'm going to follow God. Follow God. See, the world don't understand that. Okay. Okay. Finally got all that out of the way. Well, now remember, no money. Say no money. I get a call from the company I worked for for almost 10 years. They say, by the way, you've worked here for this number of years and you have some stock, you have some property. I didn't know I had. And they said, uh, you can't keep it if you're not going to work in the company. 
And I said, uh, okay, well, how much is it? Well, he began to tell me it was almost $100,000. I thought, wow. Then I heard God say it. He said, I want you to go remodel your house and pay it off and then go buy that property. I said, God, you're going to empty me out again. Well, I did. Ex- now, listen, this is the wisdom, see, the wisdom of God. Okay, I go out there. We do what God said. Went to the man, found the owner of this property. He wanted about 70 thousand dollars for all this property back then. That's what he wanted. Now, if I knew what I knew today, I'd have got it for almost nothing. I said, uh, well, all I got is $48,000. He said, well, I'll take it. <laughs> now, now, you hear what I'm saying? See, God begins to move things on your behalf when you're operating by faith in the wisdom of God. It bypasses your understanding. I even had, we even had $2,000 left after the 48 because I had like 50 to buy an old car. Paid for. House paid for. God later told us to give away the old car. Are you here? All right, now, now let, me, let me finish this. Okay, so, so now we got this dead citrus orchard and no church, no building. Thing falls apart in Mercedes. We go with temporary rent, and you got to get out of there because he's got other plans for that building. No building to house the family. God said, "Okay, go to the bank. Go to the bank." I go to the bank and say, "You know, I need a million dollars or so." What? We have a lot of money to, for what? I said to build a church. He said, who are you affiliated with? I said, um. <laughs> he said, no, but I mean, what is your denomination? I said, it's none. He said, do you think we're going to loan you that kind of money? You don't have any credit rating with us. You've never borrowed any money before like that. I said, well, I don't know. God just told me to come and talk to you. I get a call back, and he says, uh, do you have any collateral? I said, well, we've got a dead citrus orchard here on mile two and a half. He looked at it, and he said, all right. And so he gave us the loan for the building. With no business practice, no, 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 no clout, just... Would you sign here? Yes, sir. And so, what am I saying? I'm saying that when you follow this process and you get a word from God, then obey what God said. Obey the word of the kingdom. I didn't have the money. I didn't know where the money was going to come from. But God was already working things out. God already had the ram provided in the thicket for Abraham since the foundation of the world. Are you here? And the Word is working and is orchestrating, see, 
to bring all these things to pass. And I could go on and on, but I'm just telling some of you maybe that never heard this, how this came about, how you're sitting here today, and why we preach the word of faith that we preach. Because it works. Your dependency is not upon a man. It's not upon a system. It's upon God Almighty. And where God rides, God will provide. Shout amen, somebody. Stand up with me on your feet. (laughs) I had to get that, you know, that process by which you receive in the kingdom of God. Because some of you sitting out there thinking, well, pastor, he just, you know, he preaches nice little messages. No, this is not about a message, folks. This is about catching the revelation of God for your life to carry you into your wealthy place where everything you have in this kingdom has been provided for you. Now, you're going to have to get it by faith. No wonder the enemy is trying to get society dependent upon everything but God. No wonder the enemy, he knows it's his last days, and what's he trying to do? He's trying to take away the wisdom of God from the people that are designed to operate in this wisdom. You young people, yeah, get your education. Get your college degrees. Get those things that, you know, out there. And We're not coming against that. I'm just saying you've got a higher source of knowledge, a higher source of wisdom, and you've been born for a day like today. You've been born for this hour of opportunity to go into this broken world and bring forth the wisdom of God because in the wisdom of God, it can fix anything. It can fix anything. Do you believe that this morning? All right. Let's bow our heads.